Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach. And I'm Michael Hoffa. And today's episode is Marissa Murr's testimony. Hey Welcome, guys. Marissa. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Doing good. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about you before we start your testimony? Yeah. So I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, um, and my family moved to Delaware when I was 13. So I'm 30 now, so I've been here for some time. Um, I am a wife and a mother of two. I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old, so they keep me quite busy. Um, I'm a part-time uh, realtor and marketing assistant, and then I am a part-time stay-at-home mom, which is actually a full-time job. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so we have some questions for you. Okay. The first question is, what did your life look like before you knew Jesus? So growing up, um, my family was Catholic. Um, so we kind of went to church every Sunday, but that was really the extent of our religious life. Um, and growing up in the Catholic church, I really didn't know a whole lot. God was a big, scary guy who judged you. And, you know, you decided at the end, if you did enough good things, you went to heaven. And if you did enough bad things, and not enough good things, then, you know, you went to hell. And that was essentially my idea of God. Um, I knew nothing of, you know, grace and love. Um, and all of that. So I kind of just figured, you know, messed up enough. I'm probably not going to heaven. So there's a God, but that's about it. Um, and so when we moved back, actually, let me back up. So we went, when we were at the Catholic church, um, I just had some, saw some things that I didn't like, um, some ways that people were judged for, you know, the way they dressed. Like one Sunday, a priest pretty much called out this family. They had brought their teenagers with them and they were dressed in like all black. I guess you would have called them like emo or goth at the time. Um, and the priest pretty much just called them out and said, you know, we need to dress to impress God. And that did not sit well with me. I didn't think that that was a kind thing to say. And I wouldn't have expected to see that in a church. Um, and that's just kind of the way that church sat with me. And I equated at the church to God and if God's that way. I don't really want to be a part of that. So around that same time, I had someone in my life that was really placing a lot of their own insecurities onto me. Um, you know, the fact that they thought that I was lazy and never going to be good enough and unlovable. Um, and that really stuck with me. And I, really believe that to my core, that I was just never good enough and I was unlovable and nobody would want me. Um, and that stuck with me for years until eventually my family moved from Texas back up here to Delaware. Um, all of my family is around here, so that was a nice change of pace. Um, but my home life was tough. Um, and so once we moved back, I had the chance to go to college. So I went to UD. So it was kind of my little bit of an escape from everything that was going on. Um, and one night while I was at college, uh, I got a phone call from someone else that was really close to me um, that I really loved so much. Uh, they were dealing with a lot of the same things that I was dealing with. Um, and we had both shared a lot of loss in the years prior to this. We just had a crazy amount of just family members or friends pass away. Um, so it was just a really dark time. Um, and this person called me 
while I was at college one night and just said, you know, I can't take it anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Um, and being an hour and a half away from this person, you know, what am I supposed to do? And that was absolutely devastating. So I found out they had some people around them. So I knew that they were safe. Nothing was going to happen. Um, but I was sitting there with both of my college roommates, um, telling them what was going on. And we all weren't, you know, super religious people at this point. I think we all probably believed in God, but never really discussed it much. Um, and I remember I was sitting on, we had like two twin beds right across from each other. And I'm sitting on one girl's bed and she's sitting next to me. And she's essentially telling me everything that I've ever believed about church. Is that, oh, well, this person shouldn't kill themselves. If they do, they're going to go to hell and that's it. Which in that moment is absolutely not what you want to hear. That is not comforting at all. Um, and so sitting across from me is now my absolute best friend, maid of honor, in my wedding, godparent to my child, um, children now, <laughs> um, just preaching to me love and grace um, and compassion. And that is something that I had never heard of in a religious and a faith context. Um, and I don't think I realized it in that moment. It wasn't until I started sharing my testimony that I really saw just the juxtaposition of exactly what was in front of me, um, going from something that was so legalistic to, you know, grace, which I had never heard before. Um, and so that's kind of where my faith journey began. Um, that night, I remember going to sleep and I prayed for the first time that I had ever prayed outside of a church, probably. Um, and I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but I remember telling God, I was like, there has to be something more to this. I don't know what it is, but this this can't be it. There's so much darkness right now. This this can't be all that life is meant to be. All right. So I have a question that's going to kind of go off what you were speaking about is, how did you come to know Jesus? So after that, I really just kept praying. Um, I prayed for somebody to kind of walk alongside of me through all of this. And I had been talking to, who's now my husband, Zach, um, before that, and really kind of disregarded that relationship, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and uh, my eyes ended up being open to, oh my goodness, like, this person has been in front of me this whole time and I just didn't see it. Um, so he was a really big supporter through a, just a really challenging time of kind of finding my foundation. Um, and, you know, it was a couple of years. We moved back down after school to Southern Delaware. Um, we moved to Lewis. Uh, and we were living with his parents at the time. And we decided we wanted to, you know, get back into church. So we tried a few different churches in the area. Uh, we had two friends literally in the same week mention, hey, you should come check out this church solid ground. Uh, and that's where we ended up. We went there and we loved it. And it took me a while to kind of get into the groove of actually going back to church and seeing what it was about because this was completely different than a Catholic church. Um, and so I, you know, started listening to the sermons and I was really struggling because looking back, I didn't, I believe certain things, but I didn't understand why I believed them. Um, so I was taking a lot of time to look through scripture, um, understand what was going on, why, why I was believing what I was believing, 
um, and really starting to form a theology, um, which I had never had before because I decided if I'm going to do this, then I want to know what I'm believing. Um, and so it was a couple years that I just kind of hemmed and hawed with it. Uh, I would say I was a Christian. I believed in God. I could finally explain to you the gospel, but um, I really hadn't fully committed. And one Sunday, there was a sermon about baptism. Uh, and I just felt I was sitting in the back row. I remember it so vividly that moment of God, I feel like speaking to me and just saying, this is your time. You've had the time to look this over. You need to surrender. And at that moment, I really felt like I had a choice. And that was the moment that I decided I'm going to get baptized and I'm all in. All right. So based off what you just said, I have two questions. The first question is, when did you get baptized? Uh, back in April of 2019. So four years ago? Four years ago, yeah. And how did you and your husband meet? So Zach and I met. Uh, I used to dance and like ballet dance. and. Uh, Good clarification. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and when I was there, he was uh, he was dating one of the other girls that I danced with, and he was they did ballroom classes, so he was just kind of around, and I guess their relationship didn't work out. And I was away at college, and I also played tennis, and he messaged me on Facebook one day years later and said, "Hey, do you want to uh, teach me how to play tennis?" So I went, and I was so close to chickening out on that date, and I ended up going for it and the rest is history although he'll set he'll tell you that it wasn't actually a date he said we didn't start dating until like two years later but i think that was a date <laughs> <laughs> what has your life looked like since jesus christ became your savior um my life now even realizing it was only four years ago it feels like so much longer um it's so much more positive uh, there's so much less anxiety because it doesn't feel like it's all on my shoulders and I have to deal with everything. Um, there's more hope uh, eternally. Um, and overall, just, you know, my faith every day is growing stronger. Uh, and that's taken some time to, uh, you know, develop. And I think I still struggle with it, just with the background that I come from is, you know, so legalistic, and now I want to know what Scripture says, and that's challenging because at the same time, it is important to know what Scripture is saying, but you also have to have faith and be willing to take steps of faith without knowing. Um, so that is kind of where I'm at on my spiritual walk now, but it's growing stronger every day, and, you know, now that I know, you know, the love of Jesus, I just want to share that with everyone else. I want them to know about that, so that's why I'm here. So what would you say to someone who may be listening that is not a believer or struggling to believe? Uh, I would tell them that uh, Jesus was a real person. He walked on this earth. He went through the struggles that you know, you're probably going through. Uh, and he was a real person who died for you. I think it's so easy to think, oh, well, Jesus just died. And no, that was for everybody. But it was for you. You were, if you're listening to this, if you're questioning faith and what that is, you know, he's called you. He's chosen you. Uh, he died, suffered, rose again for you. Uh, you're loved unconditionally by God in a way that you've never experienced. 
Um, and I think it's so easy that we've become desensitized to that. Um, that, you know, he suffered on the cross in a way that was so painful and stressed about it so much to the point that he was bleeding through his pores and still chose to go through it for you. Um, And that is what I would impress on people um, is that you are so loved. Please don't forget that. Please remember that there is somebody out there. There is a God. He sent his son Jesus to die for you. Okay, Marissa, uh, is there any miracles or any like profound struggles you've had since you've known Jesus uh, that may help resonate with people that are listening to our podcast? Yeah, so after um, I had my first son, um, I struggled really badly with postpartum depression. Um, ended up having from childbirth, um, it's called a spinal headache. So I got an epidural, which didn't work. So then I got a second epidural. Um, and then what's called a blood patch. So essentially I got three epidurals and it poked a hole in my spinal cord. And I had called a spinal headache for like two weeks. So I was bedridden. I couldn't sit up for more than 30 seconds without having a severe headache. Um, which when you're having, after you have your first child, all you want to do is hold that baby and you can't. Um, so I think that really contributed to the postpartum depression, you know, along with everything else that goes along with pregnancy and newborns and your hormones at that time. Um, but I really struggled. My husband had to go back to work after two weeks. So I was at home with a baby and I remember laying on the couch, uh, just in absolute tears and I cried out to God and I said I can't do this I was like I just I need somebody here with me right now and my husband literally walked in the door and he said I was driving and I just felt like I was supposed to come home and that was the clearest answer from God that I had have probably ever received um and it that was probably the first time too that I felt like I saw God clearly working in my life at the moment that he was actually working, um, not, you know, looking back and reflecting and seeing it. So that was definitely a answered prayer immediately. Um, and then with my second son, we had so many trials throughout that pregnancy. Um, I, in very early pregnancy, had a, what's called a sub, subchronic hemorrhage, I believe. So I was at work in I thought I was losing the baby, um, went to the hospital, it ended up being okay. And they actually said, your hormone levels are extremely high for, you know, this point in your pregnancy, you might have twins. <laughs> so, you know, I am not prepared for that. Um, so, you know, you have to sit and wait and they continue to check your hormone levels, but you have to sit with that for a few days. So I'm sitting with the fact that I might not have a baby. I might have one baby. I might have two babies that, so I just had to pray through all of that. Um, they ended up doing an ultrasound and there was some debris. And so they said, you know, it's still really uncertain uh, as to what's going on. 
Um, we just, you know, have to continue to monitor it. So this is weeks of just sitting and waiting and not knowing what's happening. Um, and so it ended up resolving. And it turns out there may have, we don't know, there may have been a second baby that I lost. Um, and that's what the debris was. It may have just been debris. Um, so that's still an unknown that I have to kind of wrestle with. Maybe I'll get to heaven and I'll have another little one up there and maybe I won't. Um, and then we found out at the appointment where we found out his gender, he was a little boy. Um, he had a single artery umbilical cord. So an umbilical cord is supposed to have two arteries and a vein. He had one artery and a vein, which ends up, it can lead to uh, heart deformation, uh, Down syndrome, and like a host of other issues. So that was another, you know, struggle that I had to continuously pray through, you know, praying, let this baby be healthy, let this baby just make it. Um, And he ended up answering all of those prayers. And that was amazing to see um oh and it can also lead to a growth restriction so baby could be too small so uh you know i ended up having to have ultrasounds every single week to make sure the baby's okay um again praying through all of that uh and then i go for my blood work for they test you for gestational diabetes failed the first one uh came really close to failing the second one, and at the same time that all this was going on, I felt like I was supposed to be reaching, God was telling me to reach out to somebody in my life um, to, I don't want to say reconcile with, but I was, I felt like I was supposed to reach out to that person. That was extremely difficult for me, and I said no. Um, I don't think God was happy with me about that one. That's a bold move. Um. And so at the same time that all of this is happening, uh, I, I felt like I kind of got a little bit of God's justice, um, which I then said, okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> um, after that, I passed my gestational diabetes test, so another answered prayer, thank goodness. Um, and then I was at one of my weekly ultrasounds, and I'm sitting there and Usually the ultrasound tech, she's very nice, very outgoing. She's like, oh, the baby looks great, moving around. This appointment was very different. Uh, she was very quiet. And she said, uh, let's let's hook you up to the monitors just to see. These appointments are usually like five minutes in and out. You're good to go. This was very different. So she's like, we're going to set you on the monitor. You're going to lay here for 20 minutes, and we're going to monitor the baby's heart rate. It's so like, I see stuff in the fluid that I don't like. The baby's heart rate's not looking great um so let's just monitor and see i'm gonna go call the doctor so i'm laying there for 20 minutes just praying to god please like again let this baby be okay but there was an overwhelming peace that at this point i feel like i had been through so many struggles that my trust in god was so much greater than it had been before um so she ends up saying you know just with everything that's going on, you need to go straight to the hospital right now. You're going to go have this baby. So go drive straight to the hospital. Um, I ended up having a healthy baby, eight pounds, 21-inch baby boy who was completely healthy. And that was the biggest miracle. I was like, we got through 
all of these hurdles, my faith grew so much because I had felt like I had been put through so many of these trials. Um, and yeah, that both of my pregnancies just we're done now. No more pregnancies unless God has other plans. I'm done. <laughs> Sometimes he does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great testimony for obedience to God when you're actually sitting there going through all that. Mm-hmm. So through all the struggles and blessings that you've had, I see that you're putting into outreach to give back through God. Can you share more about what you do with outreach? Yeah. So, uh, I think it was a year, year and a half ago, um, our church asked me to lead our outreach team that Rob's wife, Elizabeth, started. Um, and I had never done that before. I've always had a heart for serving the community. Um, in high school, I was part of you know Key Club and did volunteer hours through that. In college, I was part of a community service fraternity, like a co-ed fraternity, Alpha Phi Omega. Um, and, you know, reached out to the community and service that way. Uh, and I've always had a heart for that, but usually when people have, um, that kind of heart for the community or like a philanthropic, you know, heart, it's for one certain cause. And I was always confused as to why I didn't feel that I was drawn to many different, you know, whether it was the food pantry or serving the elderly or something like that. I never pinpointed a specific cause or organization that I really wanted to root for. Um, and so because of that, I've had a lot of uh, exposure to different organizations throughout the community um, and kind of kept a pulse on all of them. And so one of our pastors saw that and just said, would you be interested in leading outreach? Which I thought I could do that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Um, but I mean, I didn't go to seminary school at this point, you know, I'm still trying to just learn what the Bible says, what I believe, what, you know, what I want to tell other people. Um, so I kind of took it on, but in a way I was like, I'm completely unqualified for this position. I've never led an outreach group. I've never really been a part of it. I've been on like one missions trip. Um, I was like, I'll give it a go. And through that, you know, even though I'm not, I don't have the resume for it, just following the spirit and his guidance has really opened my eyes. And I think that's the reason our outreach team has been so successful, not because of anything that I've done, absolutely not, but just listening to the spirit and his guidance. And that's been really incredible to watch. Is there anything that's on your heart that you feel like you should share that may help a listener become closer to God? So I would share, I kind of shared part of this experience um, when I said that, you know, there was someone on my heart that I felt like I should reach out to. Um, About a year ago, uh, we had a meeting at church and I received a prophetic word that there were a few people that, you know, essentially needed needed to know Jesus uh, and to let them see what I'm doing so that they can know him. And so I had been praying for these people. Um, they're not people that, you know, I communicate with a lot. So I was just praying, you know, let 
let there be Christians around them uh, that can lead these people to you. Um, and one of them in particular was just really on my heart one night at like 2 a.m. I was up praying and you know, I said, you know, Lord, just let, let them know you. Find a way to let them know you because I just knew that they were in a really difficult place. Uh, and the next day I got a text message from that person uh, saying, you know, let's get together. Um, you know, let's get coffee. So I, I, there's an immediate answer to prayer again. Um, and so I actually ignored it because this is the person that really caused me so much hurt and so much pain that led me to the point that, you know, said, there's got to be something more to life because this is awful. Um, so I ignored that. Well, I ended up going to the grocery store one day and I'm sitting in my car, I'm parked there and someone zooms into the spot next to me and I look out my window and it's this person that I feel like I'm supposed to reach out to. And here again, I am disobedient and I zoomed off out of that parking lot. I said, nope, not doing it. And as I'm pulling off, I'm like, you know what? If this is what you want me to do, then I'll do your will. So I turned around, parked, went into Safeway, and there's this person standing right there at the entrance. Um, and it was the most awkward interaction probably in my life. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just a quick, hello, how are you? How have you been? You know, how's your kid? Um, and that was kind of it. And then, you know, I reached out again and I felt like I was supposed to do something more and, you know, invited this person over to dinner and started talking and, you know, kind of rebuilding a relationship. Um, so I think just, I'm not honestly 100% sure what your question was now at this point. Um, but I think just listening to God's voice and his leading and listening to the spirit. Yeah, so I would just stress, I think just anyone listening listening to the spirit it's not always a clear audible voice from god telling you to go do this thing uh, and that was a big learning process for me is that it's a very subtle voice um not even a voice i would say but feeling that you know if god wants you to go do something take the chance and go do it because that's the only way that you're going to know if it's god or not and it's okay to be wrong that has been a really big struggle for me too is the fear of well what if it's not god all right well what if it is and you just passed up on that opportunity you know people need to hear the gospel um people need to know jesus know his love and you know you have to be willing to take the step out even if it's uncomfortable for you to go and share that and so that's what i would leave whether it's a believer or unbeliever with and marissa has an announcement so Solid Ground is having our third annual Back to School Bash on August 19th from 11 to 1. We're giving out free backpack school supplies for kids. Uh, we're going to have Rita's water ice. We're going to have cotton candy. We're going to have games. So it's going to be a really good time, and kids can come out and get some free backpacks, free school supplies, because life's expensive. So why not? And you get to have fun. If you feel like you've been blessed by this podcast and feel so led, we are still accepting donations, and you can find that link in our Spotify bio. All of the funds go back to supporting our local community. And Rob, I think, has a few announcements. 
Thank you, Marissa. You're welcome, yeah. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to our announcements. If you'd like to come on our show or be a special guest, you can reach out to us at liftupnations at gmail.com or call us at 302-313-6190. And if you'd like to come on for a testimony or a live baptism in Lewis Beach, we can be reached at liftupnations at gmail.com or you can call us at 302-313-6190. And Marissa, would you like to do the prayer? Sure. Lord, I just thank you for Mike and Rob. I thank you for this podcast and for them following your calling to do this. Um, I pray that the people that are listening, that you would uh, touch their hearts, Lord. Uh, let this testimony speak to someone, um, whether that's you know a mother or someone that's struggling with relationships, struggling with pregnancy. Um, I just pray that you would use this to bring them to know you, Lord, uh, bring them closer to you. I pray for this podcast that you would let it continue uh, and continue to reach others, um, those unbelievers that might be questioning you and um, questioning if they're seen, if they're loved. I pray that this would let them know that they are loved, that you are here for them, that you love them unconditionally, and if they're following you um, or feel inclined to know more about you, that it's you that's chosen them. Um, let them know that it, they matter. Um, I pray this all in your name. Amen. 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 And with that being said, God bless. God bless. Mic drop.